On this episode of War No Dam Experts, Rebecca and Maddie have a dam expert from Northwestern Energy to celebrate the podcast's one-year anniversary. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. And I'm Maricela Hazard. And we're no damn experts, but today... (laughs) Today's the day, folks. I can hardly contain myself because we have with us Jeremy from Northwestern Energy, who is a damn expert, people. (laughs) Insert applause. <laughs> Welcome, Great to be here. Welcome to the podcast, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you. So your official title is the Director of Hydro Operations. Or yes. Or is that it? Yep. Okay. So it, you're the big wig up there. The dam guy. The dam guy. <laughs> the, and so how many dams does Northwestern Energy have? We have 11 of them in Montana. Holy moly. And five of them, of course, are in Great Falls because it's the greatest damn town. Yep. Absolutely. I just want to know, do you guys at Northwest Energy, especially in the hydroelectric dam department, how in love with you are you with puns? Like, are you... (laughs) You got to be pretty big into puns if you're the dam guy. I appreciate a good pun. Okay. (laughs) Oh, thank God. This is going to go better than we thought. I, I may not be able to deliver them well, but I can receive them. What did the fish say when he swam into a wall? Shoot. Damn. Damn. <laughs> what did the other fish say that was watching him? Oh, I don't know this one. Me neither. Dumb bass. <laughs> <laughs> So good enunciation uh, on that. Thank you. It's only because we're on the podcast. But I'm pretty sure like when you guys retire and you get a plaque out there, you're like, thanks for being the best damn employee for the past 20 years. Um, Best damn service. Okay. I just need to apply. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) she wants to be a damn worker. Yeah. Not Um, an expert. She has no skill. I'm going to tell you that right now. In anything, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) No, mostly just for Northwestern Energy, I think. So how long have you been with Northwestern Energy? Well, I've been in my current job for about 15 years. Holy moly. So, so yeah, that does make him an expert. Yeah. We had uh, different guests on the podcast, and they were talking about invasive species if it got into the inner workings of the dam. I'm not exactly sure which part, but he said it would destroy them. How often... Do you clean the dams? Like, what? what's your day-to-day <laughs> job? Dam clean, cleaning like, schedule? Like, job look like? Well, the, the dams and the plants stay clean fairly well on their own. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and we do have, you know, there are some invasive species, species out there that are of concern, but have not uh, either reached us or are not impacting us at the time. So that's all good news. But we have to keep a good good close watch on that in the future for sure 
Uh, you know, day to day, what do our guys do? Uh, the, you know, the plants, once you have them up and running, uh, they they stay running for the most part if we're doing our job anyway. Uh, but there's, there's no damn catastrophes where they just come down and you're like, who was supposed to be doing the, watching the dam this week? Yeah, we're, we're against damn catastrophes. <laughs> So. They, they all have great, you know, control systems, computer systems that keep things running. But, uh, you know, our guys keep a good eye on things and they make, make changes as needed and do needed maintenance so that they continue to stay functional and reliable for the long term. And so we know how dams work, but let's just, <laughs> let's just say in listen, general, in general, in general, I'm talking like <laughs> Wikipedia infographic, um, how do dams work? Can you explain it in fifth grader knowledge? Absolutely. Because maybe goodness. fourth graders, because <laughs> fifth graders are getting a little too smart nowadays. So making electricity is actually very simple. Okay. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's simple. <laughs> okay. And most forms of electrical generation all have to do with turning a generator. Okay. Okay. So you have a a machine that's called a generator and you if you can make it turn you can make electricity okay. okay so different power plants just use different ways to make the generator turn if you picture a you know a wind uh, farm like we have right outside of yeah. our, our nice damn town uh, <laughs> it's using wind right to turn the turbine, which turns a generator. Okay. Uh, a coal plant or a nuclear plant would use high-pressure steam to turn a turbine, okay. which turns a generator. We use just the weight of water. So we have a dam that we have. It can be an earthen dam. It can be concrete. There's a lot of different designs of dams. And that's just really to build up the water so that it will, you know, obey the law of gravity and flow downward and through our turbine, which then turns the generator, and we have electricity. So when you have your employees that monitor the flow of water, do they decide how much water comes out through the dam, or is it just, we'll take what we can get? Well, both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we can only take what we can get. There's only so much flow in the river. Okay. Okay. And that flow changes from year to year, and it changes from month to month if it rains or if it's hot, if we have a big snow, snow melt, et cetera. So we try to take the greatest advantage of the water we have to make the most energy out of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, if we have more water than what we can put through a given plant, then that has to be passed downstream outside of the plant itself, either through gates on the dam or it would spill over the top, uh, it's, et cetera. Okay. Uh, having said that, we do actually control the flow in the river and the elevations of the reservoirs by the amount of water that we are putting either through the plant or through the dam. So... As we know, locally, and guests who've had the privilege of coming to our town, let's say in the late summer, early fall, there's not a lot of water flowing over the dam or through the dam, however we want to say that, to create 
the falls. So the best time to see them, as we've told everyone to see the falls, is in late May, June. Yep. Why is the water flowing so much faster through the dam then versus now? Is it because of water levels? Is it because of you guys just being hoarders of water? Hoarders. <laughs> water hoarders. <laughs> I'm just a damn guy, not a water hoarder. <laughs> no, uh, it, it has to do with the flows in the river. Okay. So in the spring, and you're exactly right, if you want to see, you know, the most impressive version of our falls here in the city, you know, May, late May, early June, you know, some years even into July. And basically, uh, if I'll throw out some numbers here, for example, Mm -hmm. I'm a numbers guy that helps me. Maybe some of your listeners are (laughs) as well. So let's say at a given plant, well, let's talk about Black Eagle. That's the the first plant, you know, right here in town. And if we can use 6,000 cubic feet per second of water, that amount of flow through the plant, then any amount of flow over that will go over the dam and go over the falls and you'll see it. So if we're in the spring and we have a good runoff and there's 25,000 cubic feet per second of flow in the river, then you know, there's a lot of water going over the dam. <clears throat> yeah, because you only need the 6,000. Yep. So, so there's the, a big difference there from math. Yeah, so the, <laughs> so the 6,000 would stay the same for most of the year as long as we have all the units on, and anything extra, you know, would go over the dam. When we have less than 6,000, you know, we just use everything we have. Okay. 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 I've seen pictures of Black Eagle Falls in mm. February, March time frame when it's nearly frozen. How do our extreme temperatures impact the dams? That's a great question. Thank you. That is a good question. <laughs> That's a damn good question. <laughs> if you're not sick of puns yet, you might be in 40 minutes, but just stick with us because this is the first time. <laughs> yeah. You know, each of our facilities uh, reacts to extreme cold in a little different way. Some of them don't have any issues of, at all, and some of them do. Uh, Black Eagle, specifically, uh, we need to, we can't let ice build up directly against the dam. Okay. So we always have to keep a little bit of open water between, you know, where the ice is on the reservoir and the edge of the dam. Okay. So, and that can be uh, challenging and it's a lot of hard work for our guys. They, at times, have to go out on the dam in very cold weather and chisel the ice and basically break it off to you know to keep it from forming Uh, the other thing you'll see you know where we do have water you know leaking through some of the dam boards or spilling over a gate you know it's cold it's 20 below it it wants to make ice so Mm -hmm. we'll get ice build up you know downstream of the dam you know in various areas that could could potentially impact uh operation of one of the gates or something so those are kind of the biggies. And then, you know, we have a lot of equipment. Uh, you know, there's motors and gearboxes and drives that help move things on the dam. And, you know, just like your car, when it's 20 below, those things don't work as well as they do when it's, uh, you know, 70 and sunny. So how do you do maintenance on the dam? Like if the, if the gate gets stuck, do you draw the short straw and you're like, all right, pal, you got to go. You got to go underneath and get the hair dryer out, <laughs> the chisel. It'd be a big hair dryer. Yeah. 
No, it's uh, one great advantage we have is that these facilities, many of them are over 100 years old. Oh, wow. And there's very, very seldom is there a problem that hasn't come up in the past. Okay. And, you know, our first and foremost uh, priority is worker safety. And we're not going to do anything to put them in harm's way. Of course. And we have developed, you know, I believe, very safe, effective methods to correct just about any issue that would come up through the years. Uh, You know, and those would be... You know, you're talking about a gam, a da- sorry, a gate freezing up. I was going to say a dam freezing up. I don't know about that, but yeah, if if you have a gate freezing up, and that that happens in some forms at times, not very often, you know. But the other thing too is we have multiple gates on every dam, so there's usually another option. So the Missouri River doesn't freeze all the way through; it's always flowing. Correct. So it's only freezing at the dam portions because there's smaller areas or sur- there's smaller surface areas to allow that area to freeze. So that's why we're seeing it, right? Well, we'll actually, when it gets cold and the water temperature drops down near freezing, you we nature makes ice everywhere, mm-hmm. even on you know the river upstream of here. Now. It's coming out of the bottom of Holter Lake at our Holter Dam, which is actually warmer, you know, the warmest water in the lake in the middle of the winter. Oh. So it takes a while to cool off as it flows towards Great Falls. But when it gets cold out, uh, you know, the river will make ice and the flows will decrease. And then that ice, you know, and I'm sure you've seen it in the winter here, you go across, you know, Central Avenue Bridge or something and you see ice floating downstream. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So it floats and goes along its way and then it gets to a dam, to Black Eagle, where now the water slows down and it's able to build up and really form, you know, significant ice. But then once it gets through there, you know, it's basically has to flow, you know, either through the units, through a gate in the dam and that you know, that energy kind of breaks up the ice. So, okay. So it, say at Rainbow Dam, we would have, you know, much less, and I would almost say no icing issues because it's already gone through Black Eagle. Oh. Black Eagle kind of takes the, the, brunt brunt. Of the, the brunt of the fun. So yeah. you got ice hitting up against the dam. You've got the dumb bass mm-hmm. hitting up against the dam all the time. And they're 100 years old. Do you ever just... How do you drain the water and check the structure? Or do you just have a scuba dive team that goes down and is like, yeah, looks like the concrete's still good down here. <laughs> yeah, great question. I just did the, the scuba dive signal <laughs> for A-OK. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a combination of things. Uh, first of all, all of our facilities are licensed by what's called the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or okay. FERC, the FERC. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and the damn FERC. FERC Goodness. has a, you know, they have a very rigorous dam safety program. Mm-hmm. You know, the last thing that we want or the government or anybody would be a failure of a dam structure that would lead to flooding and, you know, all the potential issues there. So we have a very rigorous program uh, where we on it, you know, dam by dam basis, they're all different. They're all different designs. <clears throat> they all have different, uh, we actually look at failure modes. Okay, how could this dam fail? Mm-hmm. And what are all the ways that this dam could fail? 
What are all the things that could contribute to that kind of failure? And then each of those things gets tested for and monitored for and checked thoroughly on a frequent basis. And then even those failure modes are updated, you know, because, you know, as people, we learn more and issues happen at, around the world that we can learn from. And it's uh, that whole system uh, really keeps us on our toes, which is a good thing because we're committed to it yeah. to know, you know, the condition of our dams and to monitor everything that would give us the slightest hint of a potential issue. Okay. So then the other question I have on dams, it's not, I'm going to have a ton of questions. I don't know why I led that way. I don't, I have probably about 40 in my head right now. <laughs> Some of them are serious. Other scared. ones are like, <laughs> but you go right ahead, Rebecca. I'm like listing them again. Um, so I think I heard, and I may be making this up, which happens sometimes, but um, at some point in the next year, aren't we doing something at Black Eagle that's going to drain the water behind it so that there's no water? We do. Am I making this up? No, no. Okay. We, we have, you know, we would call that a drawdown where we're okay. going to draw down the elevation of the reservoir. We actually just had one at Rainbow a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And there are absolutely certain, uh, you know, maintenance or inspections, things that we can only do with the water drawn down. So there are, you know, means and methods to lower the reservoir elevation so you can expose and get to, you know, what you need to on a dam. Okay. We, uh, you know, we don't do those very often. Uh, one, because, you know, our, our reservoirs are used for recreation and it's, it's part of what makes our, you know, our community beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, but when needed, you know, we notify the public and, uh, and uh, do what we can really try to minimize the, the duration. But you're absolutely right. There are some things you can only do when you drop the level of the reservoir. Okay. So you said you're a numbers guy. Do you know how many gallons are in a cubic foot? <laughs> because the I, only flow that we memorize is that Giant Springs flows oh yeah. at 156 million, million gallons, gallons of water per day. I think, <laughs> and I may be wrong. Okay. Uh, th this will maybe a uh, well. This will be a show note. I'll this, like do the, yeah, the this, math. This afterwards. could be a chink in my damn expert armor here. <laughs> but I believe it's seven point four eight gallons per cubic feet. So oh. seven times six thousand. That's a lot of water. Thousand gallons. You're gonna do public math. <clears throat> you just did it. Oh, say it. Say it again. So a cubic <laughs> one cubic square foot is seven. They say seven and a half gallons. Seven and a half gallons. So seven times six and six thousand. You forty-two thousand plus a half. But you got to divide. Oh yeah, because a, a gallon is smaller than a cubic foot. Oh, okay, so never mind. We're not way. doing public math. <laughs> <laughs> we all know I can multiply seven times six. Okay, so we'll add some notes about that in the show notes. We're gonna move on. A, a funny question: Do you have a favorite dam in our oh. community? I do. Okay. Can you uh, tell it? Because I don't think the yeah. dam is going to listen to the podcast. No, I, uh, you know, Ryan, to me, Ryan mm. is just uh, spectacular. Yeah. They're all great. But uh, just the design of the dam, uh, you know, where it sits and with the public access to the, the island and everything and the history with Lewis and Clark and uh, 
That's probably my favorite. So I've toured the Ryan Dam powerhouse. Aren't we special? It's really cool. <laughs> so that's not something that happens on a regular basis. So guess if you're planning to go out to Ryan Island and go, I heard Rebecca had a tour. I want a tour. No, don't do that. The dams were constructed kind of to allow for the falls to still have their natural beauty, right? Like still embodies a resemblance of what Lewis and Clark saw in a way as much as they could. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, you know. Am I, I lying? I don't know that they necessarily thought of that or intended that when they built them uh, over 100 years ago. Okay. But... The, you know, basically what they did is they would build on top of the falls. Okay. So the, and this is, it's a real key way that we make power here. So the the two components that dictate how much electricity we can get out of a, a hydroelectric facility is the height of water or, you know, or the depth of water mm-hmm. that sits above the turbine. You know, if you can have 500 feet of water, a great big, huge dam, 500 feet up, you can make a lot more energy. So it's the height of water and the flow of water through the units. So what they did, which was really, uh, you know, creative at the time, if you already have a waterfall that's 50 feet high, and then if I can build a 30-foot high dam on top of a 50-foot waterfall, now I have 80 feet of energy of water above it, where without the waterfall, I'd have to build an 80-foot dam, and that just might not happen. Yeah. So most of these, you know, Ryan and Rainbow and Black Eagle were all built directly on top of the dam, and typically... Or right on top of the falls, and they would set them back a little ways. So I don't know if it was their intent to maintain the visual integrity of the falls, but the way they did it, you know, does that. Just a happy accident, or was it done by design? They were geniuses. (laughs) So you mentioned Ryan Island and Ryan Dam, where the Great Falls are. Yep. And we always tell people the best vantage point for uh, the Great Falls is on Ryan Island, but not to be negative, but Northwestern Energy shuts down the island between uh, Labor Day and Mother's Day. So yep. why is that? Well, I think it's just a lot harder to keep it up. and Because uh, of the winter? And I, and I think with when those dates were set up originally, I, I wasn't part of that, but... I'm sure they definitely wanted to maintain it and keep it open for the, you know, the busiest recreational time of the year, which they did. Yeah. Uh, so I guess for us, it, you know, it uh, cuts down on the amount of, uh, you know, maintenance and upkeep. And, uh, you know, we did have water out there in the winter. That may be tough and some different things. But mm. I think it's it's a good question. You know, <laughs> why, why don't we do it? But it, I'm just wondering if there's an opportunity in the future, like if we need to gain access and just say, hey, could you open up the gate? and we We're, could... we're going to have like Santa on the island. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, just call the damn guy. Okay. <laughs> He'll help you out. <laughs> Another question I'm just curious about. Um, where, where do you guys have your work trips? Do you visit other dams throughout the country? <laughs> Or do you host other dam experts throughout the country and and be like, these are our dams. And then you're like, but you got ours. Is there a competition? We do. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we absolutely do. Uh, 
you know, we're a, a regulated utility in Montana. Okay. And we don't necessarily compete with, say, Idaho Power or Avista. Okay. You know, their customers are their customers. Ours are ours. And the hydro industry is very open. And we, we have gone to visit other other sites and learn from, you know, other companies. And, you know, there's there's a lot of great ideas out there. And, and they've come to visit us. And I think it's a great relationship and a great industry that just helps us all be the best that we can be. So the power that's created by Great Falls dams, does it just <laughs> go to Great Falls homes or does it go to other homes? Yeah, good question. Uh the answer is yes and yes, okay. no, <laughs> or no, or no and no. So we have a our company and the entire you know if you think about the electrical grid in our nation, it's broken into two major components. There's the transmission system, which is high voltage and meant to carry a lot of energy uh, far distances. Okay, and then there's what we call the distribution system which, you know, your house or this building are connected to. And it's at a lower voltage and it's more localized and regional. So our energy from our dams goes onto the transmission system and then goes wherever wherever it's needed. You picture it like, uh, let's say you had five or six garden hoses connected in weird configurations in your backyard. Okay? That's a pretty daily occurrence and, in my place. And you've got water going in in some places and water coming out in some places, right? And the water just flows where it's needed, okay? okay? Yep. Regardless of where it's put in or where it's going out, it's it just kind of goes the way water wants to go. And electricity works the same way. Okay. So it doesn't, this energy in the river in Great Falls does not only serve the Great Falls community because it's connected to a larger grid that's connected to everything. Ah, okay. So my father is an electrician, so he's always saying that electricity <laughs> electricity's lazy, it takes the least resistance, and I'm like, same, same. <laughs> so you are electricity. Uh, yes. Um, another, I guess, question. We launched a new creative in April 2020, which we started marketing Great Falls as the best damn town in Montana, including the word damn and a lot of puns. Um <laughs> One, did you catch wind of that? Like, were you aware of that? Or were you just like the crazy tourism office is at it again? And then (laughs) two, we did get some feedback because we didn't, this is our first time saying like we're the best damn town. We put it on the radio. And there were people that gave some feedback. They didn't even know we had dams here or falls. (laughs) And they thought we were just... Cursing. cursing, you know, uh, on, <laughs> our, weren't. on our ad. So we had to respond to him like, hey, we have five dams in our community and we're very proud of them and they're beautiful. Yeah. Do you have any say on that? Do you see any like <laughs> any issues with uh, with marketing as the best dam town? <laughs> <laughs> Put your marketing hat on and yeah. just answer that one if you can. It, we, it was a problem we didn't think we would have because we're like, oh, it shows pictures, there's videos, there's, there's footage. And then we're like, radio placement. The, be- the Shucks. <laughs> the, the best one is they always tell us we spelled it wrong when we <laughs> say D-A-M. 
Well, I, you know, we have 11 dams spread across the state. Five of those, almost half of them, are here in Great Falls. And there are several good dam towns out there where our other facilities are, and we have employees that live and great communities. But I would have to agree that Great Falls is the best dam town in the state. You heard it here first from a dam expert. (laughs) Five beautiful facilities. A lot of energy gets made and created here that serves the entire state. One so, of, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. One of our recommendations for scenic drives is for people to see Gibson Dam, right? Or, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep, which, Gibson. Which was the model for Hoover. Hoover Dam. Do you have any experience, knowledge, or expertise on that? Or no? Well, I'd say absolutely go see Gibson Dam. Yeah, it's, it's is beautiful. That part of the Northwestern Energy family of dams? No. Okay, never mind, guys. And <laughs> Scratch that one out. <laughs> and Swift Dam isn't part of the Northwestern Energy Correct, family fans. Because yeah. there's no power plants attached to now that I think of Gibson. They're pretty much theirs. just storage reservoirs that yeah. feed irrigation. Oh, okay. So there's so, other... There's others. other purposes for dams. Absolutely. I've also heard that a halter dam right below it, that's where the best fishing is and not even on the lake. Is, is that true? Yeah. Uh, Holter... You know, the Missouri River below Holter is an absolute blue ribbon trout stream. Do you know the definition <laughs> of blue ribbon? If there's a formal definition, I don't know. But <laughs> when you drive in the parking lot and you can see license plates from 49 other states, <laughs> yeah. that tells you there's something there worth seeing. I like your answer. We did have someone else on the podcast that was a fishing Missouri River expert. And I asked him, like, what does blue ribbon mean? Or someone asked that. I literally thought it was a poetic term. I didn't know it was a, a regulated stream. They, they had a contest and, you know, they won blue. Some, somebody else got red. And then there was a participation. Yeah, Yeah. that's what happens. Okay. (laughs) So I've had the privilege of getting a tour of Ryan Island, Ryan Ryan Power Station, we'll call it. Yep. Um, And I have also had an opportunity to walk across the top, not all the way, but just a part of the way, Mm -hmm. of Rainbow Dam. But not everyone can do that all year long, except there are moments when you open the tops of the dams and allow people across them correct Correct. yep when do you do that what does it take to get that done (laughs) yeah (laughs) well we typically i believe it's two or three times a summer open up cochran dam okay and that's in coordination with the river's edge trails group uh so that you know we can you can really connect the south shore trail and the north shore trail and just makes a you know a great opportunity for people to hike you know you can hike a loop Mm-hmm. And walk across the dam. Uh, we a couple of years ago, COVID put a halt on this for now, but we were doing the the bike race. Oh, the beyond the dam one. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> and there we actually, you know, they could cross uh, Cochrane as well on bikes uh, and Black Eagle too. Really. Uh, so we we hope to get that started up again. You know, when large public gatherings are allowed again and and are you know smart and supported. So part of that Beyond the Dam bike tour, there was a big damn party at Black Eagle Memorial Island live music. There and was. that island doesn't close in the winter, correct? Because if it does, then I trespassed. But I don't think it does. <laughs> no, it, that stays, you know, for during daylight hours, it's open all year. 
Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Dawn to dusk. My dog did trespass there, went past the fence line. And and then I trespassed there to get... It was you. Oh, I remember that one. I'm on the... The cops will come later. Great. Security camera only caught a partial pic. You know, we couldn't follow up at the time. Like the Sasquatch picture. So we um, also have some dreams about the Missouri River and recreation on it. Mm-hmm. Do you think Northwest Energy could become a sponsor to get some zip lining, say, across? Because <laughs> I'm sure that's safe. I mean, it, so then you can get an even better picture of the dam. Because people love taking pictures of the dams. They love going to see all of the dams. Yes. Um, it's one of the number one questions we get. Where are the falls? <laughs> I think supporting a zip lining enterprise might be a tough sell. Okay for me. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, well, but it would be fun. I'd love to see someone do it. I'm just not sure we could put our name on it. Darn it. All right. <laughs> um, you're asking the man to commit the entire backing of Northwestern Energy, which a is lot a of events very ha- large company. A lot of events that happen in Great Falls, like Northwestern is a sponsor. And I'm like, might as well ask. The worst they can say is no. no. Yeah. I definitely participate if we had one. Okay. All right. We've also heard that it's a great area below Black Eagle Dam, the falls area, to practice kayaking. Yeah, like whitewater rapids. Yeah, yeah I think a lot I of people put in, you can walk down to the bottom of the island. There's actually a small boat ramp down there. Oh. And then uh, you can put in, and I don't know if they go all the way down to Rainbow and get out or if they do a loop or I'm not real sure, but I've seen them down there. Okay. Do you get worried as the dam guy that people recreate too close to the dams? If they follow the rules, no. Okay. Uh, there's clear signage, uh, you know, downstream, and that's that's directed by state law. Mm-hmm. It's not our rules necessarily, but they're there for a reason and a purpose. And then upstream, you know, on the reservoirs, we have big boat barriers to warn, you know, boarders or swimmers that may get too close. So, uh, you know, those are good, appropriate safety measures. If those are followed, then I I don't worry about that. Unfortunately, they're not always followed. Mm, Really? Be a rule follower. It's cool. It's so cool. Don't (laughs) trespass like I did. (laughs) What's the one thing you want people to know about dams that they may not know that you're like, actually, it's this? Like, is there anything you regularly correct people on? Well, I think, you know, a couple things that really resonate with me. One of them has nothing to do with your question, but I'll throw it in there. Okay, just great. a little bonus. <laughs> you know, there, there's just incredible history at all of these facilities. Many of them are over 100 years old. And, you know, while we'll do, we're doing a lot of upgrades, we're making them better and more modern. Uh, you know, many of, you know, original equipment, original units were running just fine, you know, oh. up until they were upgraded. So... That's something I, I think a lot of people may not know or would not appreciate that, you know, a machine that was put in place to make electricity 100 years ago still works today and works well. You know, newer, better, more efficient uh, options are out there and we're, we're migrating to that across mm-hmm. the system. Uh, the other thing that I think, you know, maybe we need to sell it more as a company is just the value of hydro as a renewable energy resource. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, you know, in the press, in, in Helena, 
Uh, it seems when people talk about renewal, renewable energy, you know, it's solar and wind. They mm-hmm. don't really talk about you hydro. Know, hydro as much. But it's, you know, one of the cool facets of hydro being renewable that many people don't think about. Uh, if you have, a say, a bucket of water in the river at upstream of Black Eagle, that little bucket of water is going to be used to generate electricity five times before it gets to Fort Benton. Oh. And then when you think about the larger system, even just the Missouri River, uh, you know, if you dumped a bucket of water in uh, Hebgen Reservoir north of West Yellowstone, that's going to make electricity at Madison Dam and Tostin and Canyon Ferry and mm-hmm. Hauser and Holter and the five here in Great Falls. So it's not just the renewable aspect of you know, water flowing to the ocean and evaporating and being redeposited through snow and precipitation. It's renew- renewable at every place along its trip to the ocean, hmm. every site that it goes through. That's pretty impressive to think about. That is. Wow. Efficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good sell. Yeah, you guys can you can pitch the bucket idea. We'll put our name on it. <laughs> What we can do is we can just start making buckets here. Um, we're no damn experts, but we're part of the cause. And you can take your bucket of water and dump it. In, no, that's probably an invasive species issue. I thought I thought it was going to be marketed as like a beer bucket. Oh, like yeah, that's a good idea too. We we're full of options. <laughs> We have No Damn Expert stickers um, that we have for our podcast, and I'm going to send you back with a lot. That's so, awesome. Um, I'll take them. When you say interview someone, a candidate for a position, and they don't get it, you can be like, there's this podcast where No Damn Experts, and neither are you. You didn't get the job. That's probably not a good HR move. Oh, uh, <laughs> but it's a brilliant idea. You can give them to people that like maybe... Maybe aren't experts yet. Like, hey, you're moving on up. But so you were talking about the history of the dams, and one of the things we talk about um, making Great Falls one of the coolest places in Montana for history is, if it were not for Great Falls, a lot of other communities in the state would have not have been developed to the way they were because of our hydroelectric power. Absolutely. Places like Butte, not calling you out. We're just saying, if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't have been as cool as you were, and. Um, the development of the dam in Glasgow, Fort Peck Dam. Yep. Okay, was inst- we were instrumental in all of that. Do you have a dam historian at <laughs> at Northwestern Energy? We that don't shares all that information. <laughs> you know, we used to have some employees that uh, were very interested in that and retained a lot of old information. I think. Unfortunately, they've retired. Oh. Uh, we don't have a designated historian, but we definitely have a lot of history. And I think, you know, each of our employees at the different sites, they all have a very good feel for the history of their sites. Uh, and when you can get them together and share, you know, the history of the system, then, you know, that's really powerful. Literally. <laughs> but I, you know, I would add, just to throw a shameless plug in here. Go so for it. just uh, this morning... Uh, at the Black Eagle Memorial Island, uh, they, uh, Butch Larkham has written a book called The Golden Kilowatts, which is a history of the dams in Montana. Oh. 
And just today, that was released and rolled out. So I would encourage you, or maybe, you know, maybe I should just get you each a copy. Well, we would and read it if you got us a copy. We would also check it out from the library or go to Cassiopeia Books and yeah. <laughs> see if she can get us one. Yeah, that's so cool. So, yeah, so, so the information's out there. I, I didn't even know when. It's right around the anniversary of our of our podcast. Yeah. So maybe it was planned. Who knows? Although if, if you learn too much, you cannot claim that. You know, you're not damn experts, so you got to be careful there. Yeah, well, we no. will never. <laughs> no, no, no. There's never a concern we would be claiming. We're, gonna, we're going be... to do a podcast on hunting. We know nothing. It's it, going to be great. It wouldn't be an accredited um, knowledge. You know how people, you can take free Harvard classes, but you don't, can't say you went to Harvard. Like, right. Um, there's, I would. Well, <laughs> and then there's the... the uh, storm spotter classes and the national weather service holds and you can be an official storm spotter but you're not a meteorologist yeah so that's that's the kind of level i'll get be like did you know i read a book <laughs> and i return the knowledge and i'll put it on my resume read this book have extensive knowledge exactly <laughs> we could start a book club yeah yeah, I think we should probably just stick to a podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, Jeremy, we really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and my pleasure and trying to make us damn experts. Um, yeah, we were really excited that you said yes because I know a lot of people <laughs> don't know what they're getting into, and if they listen to some of our episodes, they're like, "Man, I don't want to put be put through the ringer." But you you held up strong. You did good. You did really. Really good. And Thank you. really such a momentous moment in our podcast history to finally have a damn expert on the show. It's just it's just awesome. I know that in our future episodes I will reference the six thousand cubic. cubic square feet of flow required um, or desired for the plant to for be for Black Eagle, yeah. For Black Eagle. Yeah. Um, so then I can seem like an expert, but we all know we just regurgitate information that we've yep, heard. That's all we do. <laughs> we read interpretive science. We're like, oh, that's a fun fact. Put that into memory. I do want to shout out to Heidi Hawkett. She listens every now and again. She is the one at Northwestern Energy that was able to connect me with Jeremy. Oh, thank you, Heidi. She's my hookup. So <laughs> thank, thank you, you <laughs> for making that happen. If you have any questions about today's show with the damn expert, you can get all the information on warnodamexperts.com. You can also call me at 406-761-4436 or just shoot me an email, information at visitgreatfalls.org. And until we see your bright, smiling, happy, healthy, wonderful face here in Great Falls, we hope you are creating amazing memories with your friends and family wherever you are. Bye-bye. We're No Damn Experts is the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town. Damn, that felt good. On the next episode of War No Damn Experts, Rebecca and Maddie share with you exciting news about moving out of the basement. War No Damn Experts is produced by Great Falls Montana Tourism with original music by the best damn musician, Joel Corda.